0: The Broncos Blitz Podcast with Ronnie K. Analysis, discussion, and the latest around the Broncos as the season continues. It's the Broncos Blitz Podcast with Ronnie K. Welcome to the Broncos Blitz Podcast. My name is Ronnie Court. You can follow me on Twitter at Ronnie K Radio. That's at R-O-N-N-I-E The letter K Radio on Twitter. We're today on the podcast. It's a post-game recap edition of the Broncos and Colts. Denver loses to Indy they fall to 2 and 6 in the standings. They are 1 and 3 on the road and maybe more so than anything at the halfway point, Denver is on pace for a 4 and 12 season. The Broncos scoring 13 points in the loss and there is a lot to get to here today. We're going to discuss a lot of the post-game quotes including a big one from Joe Flacco. We're going to get into your thoughts on the game and what actually happened, why it went wrong, and what the heck is going on with this blue and orange team. We're going to get to that. But first, we'll start off on a positive note. Well, I tell you what, if you're tired of seeing this Broncos lose and you need a place to go drown out your sorrows, come on over there to my friends at Tap 14, 1920 Blake Street, just a hop, skip, and a jump away from Coors Field. 70 Colorado beers on tap and 100 Colorado distilled spirits. They got a lot of great bourbons, whiskeys, that, all well, you won't even remember this game after. After a couple of those, they are just fantastic. And don't forget, even on cold days, that rooftop is heated. So a great place to go watch some great football of other teams outside of this Denver Broncos team. It's Tap 14 on the web. Go on over there, tap14ontheweb.com. on the That's tap14.com. All right. Broncos lose. 15 to 13. Let's go through the game statistically first before we get into instant reactions and then quotes and comments. There's a lot to get to here, but we want to start with the Broncos scoring only 13 points. Look, this is a game was six to three at half. It was pretty much one of those uh, very typical, um, commonly seen games from the Denver Broncos all year long, inept offense, timely scoring and then at the very end, the Broncos lose on a field goal. This is now the third time this has happened this year. Joe Flacco finishes 20 for 3,274 yards, was sacked three times. Uh, one of them being, uh, well, really two of them being um, particularly on the offensive line with one of them, not so much. Denver ran the ball 28 times for 113 yards. That's a good enough for a 4.0 carry average per rush, which is pretty darn good Phillip Lindsay 4.2, Royce Freeman 3.3. Uh, neither had a run longer than 15 yards, so that tells you that. Look, this was a game. There, they were ground and pound, and the offensive line was winning at times in the trenches. When it comes to the receiving core, Cortland Sutton in his uh, debut as the true number one, um, although many believe he was really becoming that even with Manuel Sanders here. Cortland Sutton, three catches, 72 yards, hit some timely big first downs as well. He was targeted six times. Noah Fant with his uh, most active day, if you will, as a rookie, five catches for 26 yards. He had eight targets on the day. Deontay Spencer getting involved in the offense as well, two two catches for 18 yards, including a big third down. Um, What was it back in the first half? I believe it was. The Broncos on defense, holding Jacoby Brissett to a fairly tame day, 15 for 25, 202 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. They did sack Brissett four times, but maybe the sack that wasn't that they really wanted was, of course, Von Miller's at the goal line as the Colts lined up for one of their, uh, well, for the first play of the what ended up being the game-winning drive. Von Miller has Jacoby Brissett in his arms. Unfortunately, could not wrap him up. Reset's a big kid. We talked about this on the podcast uh, earlier this week and how you've got to wrap him up. Well, unfortunately, Von Miller does not do that. And he rolls out and hits T.Y. Hilton on a very beautiful uh, 40-yard rope that uh, ends up being one of the big plays on that drive. We'll get to the other big play that was in that drive in a second. The Denver Broncos on the ground when it comes to defense. They actually got gashed quite a bit here by Marlon Mack. 19 carries for 76 yards for that 4.0 average. Uh, they they looked good at times, but I think they started to break down. Um, and look, this offense uh, and the inability to score uh, put the defense back out on the field and able to move the ball. And certainly, look, there's a, it's only a matter of time before you start to get tired as a defense. And, of course, what gets tired first is that middle trenches, and then the uh, Colts started to really gash at them. That's good enough for a 4.0, or excuse me, a 4.1 yards per carry as a team. 31 rushes for 127 yards for the Colts. On National Tight Ends Day, you know, we talked about Noel Fan who had a pretty good day. Uh, another guy who had a pretty good day was Jack Doyle. Four catches, 61 yards, no touchdowns through the air, of course, for the Colts but uh, T.Y. Hilton held remotely in check two receptions 54 yards Chris Harris Jr. of course mainly doing the coverage uh, on T.Y. Hilton the speedster for the Indianapolis Colts the Colts did have the one turnover which was a big deal of course it looked like that was going to set up the Broncos for a potential win. Of course, as we see, it did not end up happening. Denver finishes 2-of-12 on third down, and Indy was not far behind 4-of-12. Denver did see six first downs from penalties. They got bailed out a couple times, and the 2008 auto industry thought that they got bailed out too much because, geez louise, uh, particularly one of their scoring drives where two just just in inexplicable penalties on the Colts, and uh, Rock Yassin had a real brutal day, and we'll talk about that uh, against Cortland Sutton here on the podcast. So that's just a general recap from the game. Uh, Time of possession was nearly split down the middle. Heavily penalized game in this one on both teams. Both teams finish 10 penalties, 10 flags thrown on them. Uh, Colts for 103 yards, Broncos for 88. This is a Denver team that... Look, let's start with the offense. Um, The play calling was atrocious in this game. And I think that's the biggest story coming out of this game is how bad this team was on offense. And I think a lot of it was because of the play calling and Joe Flacco with some very strong words. And these are going directly at Rich Scangarello, the offensive coordinator. He says, quote, I mean, come on. I just look at it like we're now a two and six football team and we're Like, afraid to go for it in a two-minute drill. Like, who cares if you give the ball back to the guys with a minute 40 left? They obviously got a field goal anyway. Once again, we're a 2-6 and football team, and it just feels like we're kind of afraid to lose the game. It's third and five at the end of the game. Who cares if they have a timeout? Getting in field goal range isn't that tough. You're just putting your defense in those bad situations. And maybe the biggest part of this quote is he says, quote, What do we have to lose? We can't be aggressive in some of these situations. Uh, He says, why can't we be aggressive in some of these situations? That's kind of how I feel about a lot of the game today, end quote. Um, Flacco, and I tweeted this out prior to the game, Joe Flacco is preaching to the choir here with the idea that they needed to change something and be more aggressive and really attack. They don't have anything to lose because they've already lost a bunch. This is a team that's not going to the postseason. They're not winning games, and they're losing close games because they are not taking chances. A ridiculous draw on third down, a terrible play call, in the idea of being very conservative. We're going to punt the football away and just hope the defense can help us win the game. Uh, Rich Gangarello has been up and down, up and down, but boy, these last couple weeks have been dreadful. And I tell you what, Rich Gangarello better understand that he needs to adapt or else maybe this is just a one-and-done type situation because Rich Gangarello, right now, when you look at the bottom line, again, the bottom line when it comes to this team scoring, 16, 14, 16, 24, 20, 16, 6, and 13. Those are the points outputs. They have scored more than 20 points once this year, and they are eight games through the season. This is becoming unacceptable. The offensive play calling is predictable, it is conservative, and at times it's baffling. And I just don't, it, it seems like it's getting worse as the season progresses, and certainly the points output is getting worse. The last two games, their two worst points outputs of the year. This is just a inexcusable offense right now that isn't taking advantage of their big play guys, of Cortland Sutton, of the opportunities that Noah Fant gives you, the mismatches. None of these are being taken care of or taken advantage of. And I just don't understand it. In the red zone, their first drive where they end up getting three points, they ran the they threw the ball at the four yard line three straight times. I I and I talk about this all the time on Twitter on social media where you can follow me at Ronnie K Radio. I just don't understand why these offensive play callers overthink things. Like why run the football? Run the football and then finally they get another opportunity at the 4-yard line to run the football and what do they do? They hand it off to Royce Freeman, first carry on that drive inside the red zone at the 4-yard line. They get a touchdown. It's it's so baffling to see the same issues over and over and over again continue to plague this team, and it's getting so old. It's getting very, very old to watch, and if they don't know how to make an adjustment or they don't understand that they need to make adjustments, boy, maybe this is a one-and-done situation for Rich Gangarello, who just seemingly looks like it's getting worse when you can easily spot the issues. Look, I understand the NFL is a very tough game, but it's it's the consistent... Um, Conservative, um, awkward, and um, no flow play calling—that this team is dealing with—that is just mind blowing. And that's the big discussion we're having out on Twitter right now. You can follow me on Twitter at Ronnie K Radio. That's at R O N N I E, the letter K Radio on Twitter. Let's talk about what uh, Flacco said. So, of course, Flacco saying, "I feel like what would what do we have to lose?" We can't uh, why can't we be more aggressive in some of these situations and some of your reactions? A lot of people believe uh, some, at least on Twitter, that this was uncalled for for Flacco to say on Twitter. Jennifer says uh, this is the kind of stuff that divides a locker room. He's supposed to be a leader. I'm very curious to know if the entire locker room feels this way. And when when Emmanuel Sanders came out and said after the uh, final home game, and he said, "Hmm." After that Chiefs game, he said, "You know what's wrong?" Was he referring to Rich Gangarello in this case, and the idea that the play calling has been awful, and this team just can't score? Uh, Big Papa on Twitter says the quarterback is the locker, the quarterback of the locker room is speaking for the locker room. This is the NFL. If people can't take a couple shots and words, then go sell insurance. Skags will be fine. We'll learn from it but he needs to hear it too. Skaggs will be better. Boy, I I hope so. I hope so because this is becoming very difficult to watch. This is becoming a team that is very difficult to watch right now as this Broncos offense just cannot move the football and they're having a real tough time scoring points. And again, they're being bailed out in some of these drives and yet still very difficult for them to put up points. Ryan Stevens on Twitter says, Unpopular opinion. I'm glad they lost. Mediocre play has hurt our team. And the fan base over the past few years, we somehow always think that it's within our reach. No more one game away. No delusions of getting into the playoffs. We suck. It's time to embrace it. Ryan, coming directly, uh, he's going directly for the jugular. Look, I've said this a couple weeks now. This team's not going anywhere. It is time to rebuild. It is time to trade assets away. It is time to understand that they are not going to turn around. There's no magic switch that's flipping on, kind of like what happened with the Chargers in that 2017 season. This team sucks. This is a bad team, and it's time to rebuild this thing from the top down. And quite frankly, we're going to have to have the discussion about the GM. And, well, of course, there's the ownership situation as well, too, but that's a, that's another story for another day. Uh, just a brutal, brutal run of games for Denver. And look, you just have to understand that this is not going to work. You are not going to rebuild, but also be successful. It is time to move on. Warthog, uh, Romos Redux on Twitter says, I'm really concerned about the uh, conservative play calling in key moments. It simply does not bode well for our future with Vic. And, uh, here's your first fire Skangarello tweet from, uh, Romulus Redux. So, Uh, They're out for the juggler. Nick on Twitter. Let's see here. says, Joe Flacco, the least dynamic quarterback in the NFL, also probably has the worst awareness. Boy, I tell you what, Flacco didn't play well as well, too. Uh, There were some pocket awareness issues that uh, he was dealing with, but once again, the offensive line really starting to break down. Uh, Injury news with uh, uh, Jawan James, another big injury that, look, Denver is just so struggling right now on the offensive line, and it's not helping out Joe Flacco. But there are times where he's holding the ball simply just too long. Kevin on Twitter, Kevin King, Colorado, says they lost because they couldn't score a touchdown on either of those long drives in the first half. And so for field goals, we talk about this all the time. Look, three points going to win you anything. Three points ain't going to win you anything in the NFL. And certainly Kevin is correct there. So it's the Broncos Blitz podcast presented by our friends over there at tap 14. 1920 Blake Street, just a hop, skip, and a jump away from Coors Field. We'll get back to your reaction, my thoughts on this on the uh, game, the loss, and the season moving forward as well. too. That's next. So once again, it's the Broncos Blitz Podcast, presented by our friends over there at TAF 14, 1920 Blake Street, just a hop, skip, and a jump away from Coors Field. Gonzalo Jimenez on Twitter. And again, you can follow me on Twitter and react to every podcast. It's a daily podcast, by the way, from Mile High Sports. Gonzalo says, "Time to play lock. Flacco is looking like a quarterback of last year, lacking drive and motivation." I actually went to the stat sheet and decided to say, "Hmm, where is Case Keenum this year when it compares to Joe Flacco?" And actually, Case Keenum's having a better year. Joe Flacco's having a bad year now. It 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 started well. Uh, it started a little bit more uh, appealing, obviously, than it looks right now, and 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 more so, I think, than anything. And I'm not saying this is 100% not on Flacco, but the play calling is not helping Joe Flacco out. Look, this is is play calling that is built to cater more towards a traditional quarterback. And Joe Flacco is not a traditional quarterback. Joe Flacco is not three-step out, five-step out. Joe Flacco is somebody who wants to play in rhythm, somebody who can really throw the mid-to-deep ball, and it just seems like they never take advantage of the deep. And I just don't understand this. You know, you got Corlin Sutton on the edge. Take advantage. Get your guy the opportunity to do something. And they don't dial it up, and it's driving me nuts, and it's obviously driving you guys nuts on too, on Twitter as well, too. But, look, uh, Joe Flacco certainly has not been good either. I'm not trying to defend him by any means. Uh, Joey on Twitter says, feel bad for Von Miller, Chris Harris, and other defensive veterans. They've been leading a defense year after year that was – Uh, That has to hold opponents to around 15 points or less for the team to win. Um, You know, here's the deal. It's not one of those I feel bad for them. Um, Look, these guys are getting paid to do their job. They're doing their job, okay? It sucks that they're not winning, but they're getting paid a handsomely amount of money to do their job. And by the way, Von Miller and Chris Harris Jr., they did their job today, and certainly some of those defensive players really stepped up. Um, But it's not that I don't feel bad for them. It's just it's very unfortunate that you do have a strong defense that is playing well. And unfortunately, this offense is just totally anemic in a world where you need superstar offensive play to win in the NFL. So on Twitter says it's deja vu. And of course, talking about deja vu in the final drive where Denver loses on a field goal again. The A.J. Johnson horse collar, um, a bit... What's the best word to use? Unfortunate that uh, another penalty kind of rearing its ugly head. I just don't understand why this keeps happening every single week. But look, uh, the Broncos make no mistake, they did not lose because of the officiating. Now, I have always said, that the officiating can make it very difficult for you to win in which certainly it made it much more difficult for the Denver Broncos to win and look this, the officiating was very poor in this game all uh, top down uh, there was in particular a offensive pl- pass interference call a Noah Fant that just sticks out like a sore thumb to me where it's like he just ran his route turned around and was called for offensive pass interference and it turned it it uh, brought back a third down and uh, it's just like what what are you looking at, dude? Like, what? Where is the offensive PI? I just that—that's a rabbit hole I don't want to go down today on the podcast, but I'm sure we will at some point. You can follow me on Twitter at Ronnie K Radio. That's at R O N N I E the letter K Radio on Twitter. Dave on Twitter. Guest Nerd says, with the exception of the defense, putrid coaching and players. Joe S needs to step in and fire the front office. Well, the problem is Joe S is kind of like the front office. <laughs> Look, uh, we've kind of hinted at this, and I'm going to talk about this more as the season goes on. This is an ownership situation that needs resolution, and this is a situation that probably is going to need the the NFL to step in. Uh, they have a unfortunate situation right now where the person l- calling the shots is, is obviously not going to step down. The guy who was calling the shots on the football side of things, at least, is doing a poor job at it, and they don't have an ownership situation to resolve it. And so this continually gets worse with no consequence to the person, at least we don't think, in which who is calling the shots to get them in this situation. So certainly a big problem with the Denver Broncos just from top to bottom. Cowboy Smash on Twitter says Flacco needs to go. Just plain bad. Would rather lose watching Allen or Locke. Now, look, obviously the injury situation is a real unfortunate one for Denver because I think Drew Locke is really going to be the guy as soon as he is healthy. And that might have been sooner than later had he just remained healthy uh, for the Denver Broncos. But unfortunately, obviously dealing with that thumb, I think you got to pull him off fire and certainly is going to be one of those guys because... Uh, This is a situation where the Denver Broncos are just... um, They're going nowhere with Flacco. And I've said this before. I'm done with Flacco. Flacco gives you nothing. You're not winning a Super Bowl under Flacco. I need to see what the young kid looks like. Swells Pez says, Death by inches, the little things matter, and they get magnified when you go 0-4 and and ultimately sitting at 2-6. Look, uh, the Denver is not doing the little things, and quite frankly, they're not doing the big things very well either. This is a, a team that in several phases is just really, really poor. I mean, they start the game in bad field position because Indy uh, gets a great return. This is this is a team that in all three phases, and I'm going to include the defense to a certain extent, uh, has not been playing well. But uh, the defense certainly better in uh, their loss against Indy, but of course it does not matter as Indy. They drive the field and score that, well, game-winning field goal. As uh, Adam Vinatieri, just gray hair and all, man, just just never, uh, never missing in the clutch. The guy is just—he uh, is Father Time at this point, and he has not said—he uh, has not said over yet. As uh, he hits the fifty-one yarder with twenty-two seconds left, and then of course the Broncos—they can't uh, drive the field uh, with no timeouts. So issues all around. Uh, certainly you know look if you're denver if you're the broncos you're looking for this this uh, nightmare to stop and it's going to start with the offense uh, the defense is playing well it's got to start with the offense but again this may continue with the idea that we i would have thought the change would have happened already i would have thought that you would have had extra time first of all from the thursday night game to integrate different things, or to try to restructure how you do things in offense, and at least do something differently. Because you know, if you're if you're taking deep aggressive shots and you're losing the game fifteen to six or whatever, that's fine. You lost the game anyways, and you haven't been scoring points anyways. But at least you're trying something different. It's so the problem is is it's this this very conservative offense that isn't um isn't seeing any flair, isn't seeing any creativity, isn't seeing any aggressiveness when they need it or conservative when they do need it. It's just a, gosh, it's a nightmare. It's unbelievable to see how bad this team is, and they continue to hit rock bottom every single week, and now you're starting to see the quarterback speak up. And look, uh, that is a major, major uh, quote from Joe Flacco that we read earlier in the podcast talking about basically, hey, why can't, why can't we do it this way? Out to the public, and uh, all eyes are going to be on Rich Gangarello here with this Denver Broncos team moving forward. As this was his offense, and boy, it is just not working out. And uh, everybody who talked about the excitement of, oh boy, here we go. Here's uh, you know Mike Kyle Shanahan 2.0, and he's got uh, everything dialed in just like Kyle does, and he's going to be tremendous. I just, I just don't get it. I just don't get it. So uh, this is a Denver team, look, two for 12 on third down. I suppose they did not turn the football over, which is a good thing, but uh, this is a Denver team that's got massive problems all around here uh, as we uh, go into the <laughs> another week of trying to break this thing down. And, oh, by the way, it doesn't get any better for this Denver Broncos team because, uh, well, the Cleveland Browns, uh, and the Minnesota Vikings on their way. Now, that will be a home game against Cleveland, and while, you know, Cleveland uh, getting beat up by the uh, New England Patriots right now, at least currently as the recording of the podcast, uh, is an upstart team with some offensive weapons, so that's not going to be an easy one. And look, this is a Denver team that has played, I guess, tough games, if you will, against mediocre opponents, you know, I, it's it's hard to describe this Denver team right now because they are just not very good at this point, and uh, they're losing in many phases. And, um, and unfortunately, it's the fans who are now have to deal with this disaster. Because oh boy, uh, Denver now halfway through the season, they are on track to be four and twelve. <clears throat> that's a bad one. That's uh, that's going to be a top five pick, I guess. Start uh, evaluating draft talent, if you will, if you're a fan, because this one's not looking good for the Denver Broncos. All right, the uh, bright spots of this game, because I do like to talk about bright spots. I do like to highlight good things that happen in this game. was nice to see Cortland Sutton on... Um, look, he had two big drops early, which uh, were killer for the offense early, but certainly uh, started to rebound and, and really kind of showed his ability to... Uh, win one-on-one matchups and truly prove that he can be a one because look, this, this life after Emmanuel Sanders is going to get very difficult for him. He is going to have opportunities that um, otherwise were much easier with Emmanuel Sanders on the other side, where now he's going to have to go attack the football and he's going to draw that single cover or double coverage, or he's going to have a safety shadowing him. He's going to have to understand that. And certainly uh, it's going to affect his play. On defense, saw Justin Simmons once again with another terrific day. I can't say this enough. Pay that man. Justin Simmons is a tremendous safety that just gets better and better and better, and they got to pay Justin Simmons. I don't know. I don't care how much it takes. This cat is a absolute player from the safety position, and you hope they pay him and keep him here long-term. Von Miller with a sack and a half. Three tackles for a loss was just disrupting all over the place. And Again, if you're Von Miller, I think you're really going to look at that sack that never happened that... One where he wrapped up Jacoby Brissett at the goal line. The game is probably over if he gets that sack. Unfortunately, he doesn't, and uh, the Denver Broncos end up losing. Thought it was a pretty quality day from uh, Derek Wolf as well as Chris Harris. Mike Purcell had a nice little day in the middle as well, too. And uh, Draymond Jones, also the rookie, getting on the stat sheet with a pass defense as well. So, uh, look, there were some decently bright spots when it comes to the defensive side of things. I uh, thought they really controlled the line of scrimmage actually on both sides. And and even as bad as that offense was, they did for a little bit. They were bullying the uh, Indy defense around. And so uh, I thought the trenches, and that's maybe one of the more baffling things is the fact that they actually, I think they actually won the trenches. I actually thought they did pretty decent and yet still coming away with the loss. 15-13, Denver now 2-6, and 1-3 and three on the road. They will be back home against Cleveland. Next week. So we are all done for the Broncos Blitz podcast. Of course, you want to catch up on Broncos writing or all the uh, latest around this team, breaking news, audio, player profiles, interviews, go check it out over there at milehighsports.com. That's milehighsports.com. You can check out my radio show, which of course we're going to get, uh well, we're going to go ranting tomorrow, I think. I think we're going to. I think we're going to get ranty about it. I want to do a little bit of research on some things that I'm seeing, but we're going to start to rant uh, tomorrow about this team and how uh, it's time to understand where you're at and be realistic about things and go from there. And we'll talk about that, of course, 7 a.m. Mile High Sports. That's Mountain Standard Time. So for our East Coast listeners, that would be 9 a.m. You can be sure to go check it out, of course, at MileHighSports.com, streaming live, or if you're local here in Denver, FM 104.7 a.m. 1340. All done. Appreciate your responses. Thanks for all the tweets. At Ronnie K Radio is where you can tweet me for future podcasts. We are all done for the Broncos Blitz podcast. Be sure to find more info on previous archives of the Broncos Blitz podcast or my work on Twitter, of course, at Ronnie K Radio. And streaming live, podcasts, the radio show, all that good stuff at milehighsports.com. That's Mile High Sports.